Welcome back to Command Line TV. Today we're going to talk about finding files using a command called find and also an alternative called locate. Um, and do we have any follow-up from last time? Uh, last time we, at the end of the episode, we learned about um, formatting and uh, modifying SD cards or, sorry, external cards. Mm -hmm. um, how can we load up a um, card so that way it's read-only? Sure, right. So if um, if you want to make sure that programs can't access the drive or can't write to the drive, um, there is an option for that when you mount it. Uh, so if I type mount, and remember we put the uh, device name, like SDB1, and then the uh, path where it would be mounted, the directory where it would mount. Um, you can specify some other options here using a dash O and one of the most common options is just saying read only, RO. So um, if I do that, then the, um, the disk will be mounted read only, and it means that you can do things like cat and uh, ls on it, but if you tried to actually edit a file or copy a file to it or something like that, it would stop you right away and say read only file system. Um, so that prevents it from being written. So since we'll be using the find command today, I'm assuming that it's as simple as the command name sounds where you just use it to find files and uh, other things on our uh, file system, correct? Yeah, you use it to find things. What, what's interesting about it is it's got this, um, this syntax that's available as options for specifying a query. It's, it's really like querying a database about files. So you can find them by name, but you can also find them like by modification times or permissions or combine all these things together into a big query. So I'm going to start with the simplest cases, which is finding them by name. Um, so let's say I want to find um, the first thing that I give is the directory to start looking in, and then it will look in any subdirectories of that. So if I want to look across this entire system, I could put find slash. That would be the, um, the top level directory or the current directory, or my home directory, which happens to be the current directory. But you could do any of those as your starting point for the find. Then we put the query as options. So dash name is a way to search by file name. And this takes wildcards, so I could say something like star.png. But there is a little bit of a catch there. Um, when you use a wildcard like this, the shell expands it before it actually gives it to the find command. So find is going to get the name of all of the PNGs in the current directory, and that's not what we want. We want that star actually to be passed to find as is. So I don't want my shell to expand the wildcard. I want find to match the wildcard with the files that it comes across. So I have to quote it. You know, just like when you've got spaces in a file name or any special characters. You put quotes around it and then it won't expand, but find can still interpret it. So there's a simple example of a find command. Um, and if I run that, it's going to just dump out a list of all of these PNG files that exist on in my home directory. So I'm going to pipe that into less so that we can see it a page at a time. And you see some of them are in this, like, these cache folders. So this is a dot .cache, which is one of those hidden files, right? It starts with a dot. Um, 
And so it's got little thumbnails in there of images that I didn't even know about, but but I can find them with Find. Um, the program called Inkscape. This is a uh, drawing program. It has put some of its icons into that cache and so on. So there's lots of PNGs here that you might not have even thought of before. So when we ran Find just now, it showed all the images that we had using the wildcard, but then it also expanded into subdirectories. What if, for example, you wanted to locate some of the uh, playing cards that we worked with, but the originals, not the ones that we uh, changed the geometry on? Yep, so down here in the downloads, playing cards, um, and PNG, I had these, and last time we created um, the subdirectories. So when I do a find here, like let's say I want to find, um, by the way, if the current uh, directory is where you want to start from, then you don't actually need to specify the dot there. But if I want to find all of the file names that have hearts in them, I could do that. But that is getting me the ones in subdirectories as well. Okay, so there's cards 33, cards 25. If I want to limit it to either the current directory or maybe I just don't want to search too deep, there's a uh, option called max depth. So I put max depth there, and if I were to say max depth one, then we're only seeing the files that have hearts in the name that are one level deep, so basically in the current directory. And if I went to two, that would be enough to get me these other directories as well. Now, there are some other queries that I can add to this. When you have multiple queries on a find command, they are joined together using like a Boolean AND operator. So in other words, all of them have to be true in order for the file to match. Um, so one that I like to use sometimes is um, if you want to find files that have been modified since a certain time, that's an option called newer. So I want to show files that are newer than some other file. Um, so let's pick one of those hearts files, I guess seven of hearts. Um, and well, first let's get back um, all of the hearts in the current directory. And then um, I'm going to just do the ones that are newer than the seven of hearts. And you see that it's a subset of those. So if I were to look at these by um, modification time, so like LTR for the most recent ones at the bottom, um, you're going to see queen, king, 2, 6, 4, 5, jack, 3 as being newer than the 7. Um, so let's see. Oh, but I'm seeing stuff that isn't hard, so let's do it this way. Um, king, queen, jack, 2, 3, 4, Six, I believe that's what we had before. So these files below here are newer than the seven of hearts. Um, and the order that those come in, so it's showing me the modification times here all say 2011 because that was the timestamp that was in the zip file. Um, but, uh, you know, they could have been zipped in a particular order and there are like, you know, seconds and milliseconds there that it's not showing me because the date is so far in the past. But, um, but it is actually more detailed than what it's showing. Since these files were modified elsewhere, I guess a way to represent this or show a better um, explanation of it would be to CD into one of the um, 
files that we modified ourselves, like the size 33 or size 25, right? Yep. So the um, cards 25, these were all done when we recorded that episode on September 8th. And again, they all kind of show 1401 as the time, um, but there is more precision than that. So if I did that newer command, um, but let's get rid of the max depth. Um, right, so newer than the seven of hearts in the current directory, you're going to get everything in those subdirectories now because they were modified much more recently. Um, these also are not don't seem to be coming out in any particular order. Um, if you wanted these to appear in some more significant order, you could sort them, right? So pipe it into sort, and now they're like nice, a little more nicely organized. All the 33s will be together and stuff like that. So there are a few other queries that we could use. Um, one thing that's useful besides dash name and newer is um, matching on the type of a file. So if I do dash type, you can specify type as either F, which is a regular file, or D, which is directory. Or there are a few more options for um, more exotic types of files, like device files and so forth, which we haven't really learned much about. So F or D are the most common ones. So if I wanted to find everything that's a directory that contains the name uh, hearts, there's nothing that matches. Okay, so there were lots of things that have the name hearts, but they're all regular files. But by anding both of these together, then my result set becomes empty. So if I just did type D, then I get a list of all of the directories that I've got. Right. Um, another one that I think is useful is empty. So empty refers to whether the file has zero bytes. It's, an, it's a completely empty file. And sometimes there are a surprising number of empty files on your file system. Um, and some of them are there for good reason, even though they're, they're completely empty. Um, so these are just some of the queries you can use. Uh, do you want to guess how we could find out about more queries that are available with find? Uh, we could do dash version. I mean, sorry, dash um, h. Dash help. Or yeah, dash h I think is the same. Nope. <laughs> Got to be double dash help. Um, so pipe that into less. And um, there's like a very, very brief summary here of some of the uh, queries that you can do. Um, so we, there's empty and, uh, and type and so on in here. Um, but then for more detail, there's this manual command. Um, so man gives us a manual page for like a reference page for any command. So man find will tell us um, in a much more friendly but not too friendly way about uh, the capabilities of find. So you can browse that to, see, to get some other ideas. So when we pulled up the man for find just now, there was a list of, um, I guess, options called uh, actions. Mm -hmm. um, what can we do with those? Right. So it kind of carves up these options into these three categories. And actions are something you would put at the end of your query. Um, the default action, if you don't specify one, is just to print file names. But find can do things other than print file names. Um, there's lots of ways to specify how it prints. That's what these formats are about. I'm not going to get into those. But it can also execute arbitrary other commands. Um, 
And it's got a built-in one here called delete. So, you know, if you want to remove a bunch of files according to your query. So let's try some of those. Um, I'm going to do a find for the name uh, star jack star. Um, and whenever I've got an action besides print, I always want to test it out first by doing just a print, right? So I want to see all of the files that that is producing. Um, and maybe I will simplify it a little by, um, like it's finding these with the dot underscore. So if I just take file names that start with Jack and then have anything afterwards, that'll be fewer of them. Okay, so those are all of the Jack cards. And then on my find command, if I add a delete at the end, then they're all gone. <laughs> that was pretty fast. Uh, but now if I do find on Jack star, there aren't any. So all of my Jacks have disappeared. Um, so that's something obviously you want to use with great care. There um, are ways to specify other arbitrary commands you can do as well. So let's say I am looking at the queens. Um, here are all of my queens. And I want to change permiss permissions on those. So if I look at, um, let's go down into downloads, playing cards, PNG. Um, so if I look at these cards here, they all have permissions. Um, RW and then RR, right? Let's say that my queens are private and they want to turn off that read permission for anyone but the user. So we're going to do a find with queen and then it's called exec. And now you put the command that you want to run, so chmod. And with chmod we specify um, the permission change we want to make. So for group and others, let's turn off read permission. The user can keep read permission, but turn it off for the others. And then you would put the file name normally. Well, the file name is going to come from the find command. Find is going to generate all of these file names and then execute chmod on all of them. So I've got a very special way to kind of plug in the file name at this point in my chmod command. And that is I put quote and curly braces, like just open and close the curly braces. That's the signal to the find command that that's where it wants to plug in the file name that it, that it uh, finds. Finally, I have to say when I'm done with the chmod command so that find knows that I'm all done. And the way to do that is almost as weird. You do backslash semicolon. Okay. So it, you end up using these quotes and backslashes and stuff with find quite a lot because because of the way its command system works you need to pass these wildcards in explicitly and normally like the the curly braces would be a wildcard that the shell interprets so you put quotes around that semicolon means something to the shell so you quote that with a backslash um, so that find sees all that stuff as it is all right so I'm going to run that it was very fast and what we will find in the current directory is that all of our queens now do not have read permission for those other two, but everybody else does. So that's sort of, that hints at the power of this find command of doing very complex queries and then allowing us to hook that in to some other command like chmod or change owner or delete um, in order to execute 
command on lots of different files. Can Chmod, um be used the same way using numerical values like we've done in the past? Yeah, anything that the Chmod command supports you could do in here. So um, one of those octal numerical values was like, um, I don't know, 662 or something. Just make up a weird one. And so if I do that on all of the queens, then we see here this, this is the result of 662. Um, yeah, so any, any command can, can be put in there. It could even be something like you know, echo. It could be some script that you wrote. Um, any command that you could normally execute and put a file name into, find can execute for you and then just put in the file names that match your query. So when we combined that chmod with the um, find just now, it seemed sort of like when we would uh, use a pipe. Yeah, there's lots of ways to combine commands together. Um, pipe, and we also did um, the command substitution with those back ticks. And find has a lot in common with those. So you're right, when I do um, chmod here with an exec, you know, I'm combining the find command with the chmod command. So you might imagine another way to think of that. Let's say I do find um, uh, for the, um, I did queens and jacks. Let's do yeah. king, I guess, right? Um, and I'm going to do max depth to make these a little bit fewer. Right, so there are my kings. And um, if I wanted to run chmod on all of those, another way to do it actually is put chmod at the beginning, okay, and then my code for the permissions that I want. So maybe I want um, 722. Um, twos don't make a lot of sense, like giving other people write permission, maybe, maybe not. Four is read permission. So um, let's say I want 744, and then normally you would put a file name here but you can put multiple file names on Chmod. So why don't I do that command substitution either with the back quotes or dollar parentheses, okay? And so what I've done here is this will run the find, right? And any files that the find produces will then get plugged into the Chmod command here. And that actually works. That's the pretty much the same thing. So you see my kings turned green because I made them executable, um, at least by me. So that is very similar to using find as the outer command and then exec with chmod. But there are some subtle differences, and one of the differences has to do with, um, first of all, there is often a limit on how big a command line can get. So if this find were to generate a hundred thousand files or something like that, then I might exhaust the limitation on the size of the chmod command line. So this form with the command substitution has that kind of limitation. Whereas if I do find with exec, it can execute chmod multiple times rather than build up an enormous single chmod command. Um, so that is one difference in the limitations, even though it looks like it, it does pretty much the same thing. But another one, you said it's like a pipe, and there is another way to use a pipe, um, which is a command called xargs. xargs is sort of like a bridge between piping and 
command substitution. So let, let's bring back the command substitution form. Um, what is more or less equivalent to this is let's do the find. Okay, so I'll copy that out and paste it up there. Um, so that's going to generate those. And then if I pipe it into exargs and following the exargs, I can put a command like chmod744. Well, let's do something different so I recognize the change. Um, now, normally chmod and then the permission and then you put the file name. But what exargs will do is it'll take its standard input, so the result of that find that gets piped into it, it'll take all of the uh, files from there and put them on the chmod command line. So exargs is like building the chmod command line based on the standard input. So that allows me to turn what was a command substitution into a pipe. And that works fine. Um, now all of the kings have 644 as their permissions. Um, so one of the, I, I said, like these are three different ways to do the same thing, right? We did the find with exec. We did command substitution where chmod is on the outside and find is inside. And then we can do exargs where find comes first and the chmod appears after exargs. They're all more or less the same, but the caveats and limitations are where things get a little weird. And one of those limitations is when spaces, uh, when, when file names have spaces in them. Um, I might have said before that you should be very careful about naming things with spaces in them. And this is one of the reasons. It makes it very hard for commands to distinguish between um, files like let's let's take a little example here um, I know up here I've got outside of downloads I've got a directory which has spaces in it right so this directory is called command line TV so if I did find max depth one type directory I get all of the directories in the current directory so that includes that um, but now if I pipe that into exargs and I want to do something like um, chmod plus x on them, so I want to make all of those directories executable, which is a reasonable thing to do. What happened? <laughs> that command line TV was one line of my output, but when I pipe it into exargs, it gets split into three parts because it's got spaces in it. And so my chmod fails there because it's trying to treat those as three separate things. So that's a risk with file names with spaces in them. It's also a risk with how find works and exargs works. Um, there is a solution to it though. And um, it's a way in which find and exargs are actually meant to work together. One of those actions that we saw, I said that print is the default action. There's also one called print zero. What print zero does is it prints these directories out, but instead of separating them with new lines or spaces, it separates them with the zero character or the null character. Um, so the character with the value zero. 
And when I see them printed here on the command line, it looks like they're all bunched together. That's because that null character doesn't show up. But if I take that and then pipe it into Xargs, and I also tell Xargs it should look for the zero character to split them up. So I've got to, um, let me verify with Xargs how it does that. Yeah, it's just a dash zero, okay. So we're gonna do the find with print zero and then pipe into Xargs dash zero and now try chmod plus x, okay? And now it works again. Um, so it's able to keep the file name with spaces in it together because it knows that spaces or new lines are not what splits up the multiple directories. It's actually this null character. So if you do that on both sides, the, the find says I'm gonna send nulls and the xarg says I'm gonna split on nulls, then they cooperate and this problem goes away. So just to backtrack, would the uh, null character be considered that dot slash or that slash dot up top? No, you, you literally can't see it here. Um, it just doesn't print out. So what we're seeing is dot dot slash dot dbus. That's one entry. In, as That's one result of my find. And then the next result is dot slash dot thumbnails. But I only know that because I saw them previously. Like the, the null character just doesn't appear in printed output. But it will appear when you pipe it into something that's expecting it. Um, another way that we could see it show up actually, um, this introduces another command, but one that's pretty easy, is um, there's a command called octal dump. So this takes input data and just shows it to you as a series of octal numbers. Um, and you can specify that they should be like one byte big instead of, uh, so basically, um, hmm, I don't like octal, so I'm gonna do hexadecimal, that's better. And what we're seeing here is basically this is the, um, oh, this is, so A is a new line, I believe. And, oh, it's dot, new line, <laughs> dot slash, dot something, new line. Okay, so it's separating, find by default is separating all of its results by new line. But if I do that same thing with print zero on it, you can see the difference, right? Those A's, zero A became zero zero uh, that separates each of these. So I don't see that when it's just output onto the terminal, but it is sent on to the next command in the pipe. So find seems like a really useful uh, command to use. Um, I would say that it works especially well when you're working with like a confined or constrained search area. Mm -hmm. Is um that command still is that command the best to use when you're searching your entire system? Uh, yeah, so you can, you know, when you specify find, you can put a slash here to say search the entire system. And sometimes you might need to do that, but it's very time consuming if it has to do that. And if you're not the administrative user, you're a regular user, it's going to encounter lots of directories that you're not even allowed to read, so it'll give you some error messages about stuff like that. There is a better command for searching the entire disk for a pattern. The trade-off, well, there are a couple of trade-offs. One trade-off is that it doesn't support as many queries as find does. You know, find had like the newer and by file type and things like that. The command that I'm going to introduce now, locate, 
it's basically searching by file name. So it can do pattern matching on file names, but that's pretty much it. Um, so let's say I do locate and I want to do, um, I don't know, anything that has to do with the password file, right? So this will respond pretty quickly. Um, and the reason it can respond qu pretty quickly and still find stuff all over your disk is that it uses a database. There's a database that only gets updated periodically that basically indexes all of the files on your system. And then Locate can read that database and give you results that match. Um, so we can use it like that. Or let's say I want anything that has to do with image magic, right? So it gives me anything across the whole system and it's pretty fast. Um, but if I want it to find um, stuff that's very recent, very new, that's a, more of a problem. So let's go into my downloads folder. And I've got here some files called weblog, right? So suppose I want to locate files which have this pattern. Um, and I believe locate sort of implicitly puts a star on each side of your um, query. So I don't really need to do that. Although if you wanted to put stars in there somewhere, you do, again, just like for the same reason as with find, you do have to put quotes. Um, so we can search for that. And these are all of the files that say weblog. Um, but it's able to find those because it's got this database. And so if I add a new file right now, let's create weblog 2015, uh, September something. And um, so now that file exists. Um, and it wasn't there before. When I do locate, it still doesn't find September 17th. Okay. Um, that's because the database is now out of date. So if I wanted to update the database manually, I can. Um, normally what happens is it's scheduled as like a periodic job, like once a day or um, every couple of hours or something like that. It will run the command. The command is called update db and it has to be run as the administrator. So we want to do sudo. Um, and when I do this, it's going to re-index the entire disk. So it can take a little while, but then it updates the database and then we'll be able to see the result. Oh, actually that was pretty fast. I'm not sure it did what I thought it was going to do, but we'll try it. Let's try locate again. And indeed locate now finds September 17th. So somehow update DB did a really, really fast job of that. Great. So like most commands on uh, the terminal that we've been running, a lot of it is case sensitive. What would we do or what option would we have to set in terms of to turn off case sensitivity? Yeah, both locate and find when you do those patterns on the file name, it's assuming a case sensitive match. So if I did like locate and I maybe I falsely remembered that my weblog files were capitalized like that. It's not going to find them. But there is an option on locate-i for insensitive. It's the same that grep uses for insensitive matching, dash i. Um, and then it will ignore the difference in case between your pattern and the file name itself. So that helps me find th more things. Find is very similar. Um, the 
file matching feature in uh, find was called dash name and I did um, first of all let's verify that um, find does not implicitly put the stars uh, before and after like locate does so locate with that uh, and no asterisks still found these files but find will not so it wants the star there but same thing find with name is case sensitive so if I do capital it's going to look for capitals so the fix there is that there's just a separate query operator called iname and that's an insensitive match and then it'll find those files so in today's episode we touch base on locating files using three commands find locate and xargs mm -hmm. um that wraps up today's episode uh that also wraps up season one of command line tv yeah we hope you found this useful we covered lots of things uh since we started this um so navigating through files with CD, um, creating pipelines to do some text processing, uh, searching for stuff, um, image processing, package management, <laughs> redirection shell, shell scripts. So we did lots of things. Um, and if you found this useful, I hope you'll get in touch with us. Uh, you can reach us at heychris at commandline.tv or follow us on Twitter at commandlinetv. And if you know, we have good feedback from you and you found this useful, then uh, we'll try to do more.